soap and eating together, uh, socializing around the process of eating, okay? Speaking to each other um, in confidence. So revealing one's mind or disclosing, as Sean was saying, uh, how you're feeling, um, what's on your mind, and being able to um, question and inquire from others. And then the bit about gifts. So Srila Prabhupada says that, it's interesting, he says that these exchanges are common, not just in Krishna consciousness. This is the basis of any relationship. Uh, so just think about your relationships outside of Krishna consciousness. Okay? So not in PS. Not in PS. It could be at work, or it could be uh, with your family outside of KC, uh, or your friends outside of KC. When you are engaging with them, what are you doing? Like, what types of things are you doing? And you, when you kind of boil it down, you'll see that in those moments where you are interacting with them, these six things apply. So, um, even the materialists are doing these things. Like, so for example, with prashadam, it may be that they're eating, well, they're not eating prashadam, they're eating something else and they're drinking something else. But the, but the, 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 the medium for exchange, but the medium for developing that relationship is the same. So just like they may be revealing their minds about all kinds of nonsense and speaking about all kinds of whatever, but the medium is the same, right? So these six things provide a really, actually, they sound so simple, but they provide a very powerful framework for us to understand. When we talk about building relationships, particularly when we're talking about Impandasena and trying to build a family environment um, and or mood, then these six things um, are really important for us to bear in mind. And sometimes we forget the simple things, isn't it? Like when you're chanting Hare Krishna and beads, you forget to listen to the mantra that you're chanting. It's crazy like how the mind works. We've told it 50 million times. But yeah, when we do it every day, we forget to listen. I mean, I don't know what that's about, but it tells us that we need to. So that's why, um, so anyway, so that's that. Um, and this, this idea that we should try and keep this in mind, these six areas. Um, these are, oh sorry. these are this. So Srila Prabhupada, when he set up ISKCON, he established seven purposes of ISKCON. This is what ISKCON is about. This is what it was set up to do. This is every ISKCON center, temple, 7800, whatever they are around the world, every legal entity that is established as an ISKCON entity is bound by law to follow these seven purposes. How many of you seen this before? Not so many. So you don't even know what you're following. So here's a chance. Here's a chance. Please read it carefully. Why did Srila Prabhupada set up ISKCON? If you can't see clearly, you can go onto your phones and you can type in seven purposes of ISKCON. They will be the same. Once you read it carefully, you can look at me, and then I'll never even say. Because I'm going to ask you questions. 
Let's hit the gun. Alright. What strikes you about that? In the context of what we're talking about. Where are you reading that? It's interesting, right? This point is repeated twice. There are seven purposes. You know, when you uh, read any, um, when you do any kind of research or academic whatever, one of the principles of finding out what is important in a large body of text, do you know what it is? Repetition, right? So what is, so one is placement in that text and another is repetition and there, there are some other minor ones as well. But repetition is a really important way of understanding within a body of text what is important to the author, right? So like, for example, when you're reading the Bhagavatam and it talks again and again and again and again about loving devotional service of the Supreme Presidency of God, if you know, or you should know, but that's really important. So here, in Seven Purposes, Srila Prabhupada's identity is, is, I mean, there are other bits which are also, it's not that that's the only thing that's repeated, but this, this, this point about bringing the members together is very like, like you, you saw it, right? I mean, it just like springs out of you, like, why is this repeated twice? And you can see from this that um, it was such an important thing for Srila Prabhupada as to why he is establishing ISKCON. And sometimes we say, you know, like, so for example, like setting up temples, setting up um, places of pastime, etc. You can see, like Srila Prabhupada always says, for the members, and for society at large, right? He's, he's doing these things, he wants to establish ISKCON for those people who are also, uh, for those who are members of ISKCON, i.e. all of us. Not just that we're trying to give it outside, but one of the key, but the key thing here that I wanted to bring to your attention is that this is not like um, a peripheral message about the nature, because when we talk about family mood, within PS, what are we talking about? We're talking about the quality of relationships that exist in our um, community. And what is the nature of those relationships? Like, how do we interact? And you can see here that this is not a, uh, this is not a peripheral message. This is like absolutely core to why Shila Prabhupada said of this one. And what he wants to see in his Islam, um, this idea of bringing the members of society together. And then, of course, by coming together, as is indicated in point three, we naturally come closer to Krishna. That's the mechanism to come closer to Krishna. The mechanism to come closer to Krishna is by coming closer together with the devotees. To approach Krishna directly, as Krishna himself says, you know, that's, that's not a simple thing. But the way that we can get to Krishna very, very easily because the devotees are with us. They're with us all the time. They're, you know, like we're, we're, we're with them 24-7. Well, you know, 24-7, that would be a bit too much, but. You know, like with them a lot. Like you're, 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 you're going to programs, you're hanging out, you're doing whatever. So that's an easy, like there's no, there's no limitation in terms of how much time we can spend with the devotees. And through that way that we can approach Krishna. Oops, sorry. Okay. Okay, clear? Is the task clear? Anything unclear? I tried to come out best to make it unambiguous. It's clear, right? Okay.
So we've got 30 seconds. Off you go. So imagine you have just got a new pen pal in China. You know nothing about them yet. And 30 seconds after this. It's interesting, no? Like, part of the reason, like, how somebody identifies themselves, what is the first thing that, even we talk about, like, we're not the body as, like, the first teaching in um, Christian consciousness, and yet most of your descriptions are about the body. Now, this is a, it's quite a deep point, um, and that is because in terms of how we see ourselves, how do we identify ourselves? What do we consider to be our identity at a fundamental, at its most fundamental level? Is really interesting. Because if we, um, uh, we, can, we, can, we choose, right? We, you, you're choosing how you express your identity. And that's the point of um, what I'm trying to say here about the purposes, uh, one of the functions rather, of a community, one of the functions of having close family type relationships and community, is that our identity becomes locked or anchored into that space as opposed to all the other spaces that it can be anchored because in this material world, we have lots and lots of layers of identity you know, and you just you all just mentioned some of those layers, race, gender, location, whatever, whatever, right? So many layers. But for us to be really convinced, and not just convinced, but like rooted in our spiritual identity, I identify as a devotee of Krishna. If I identify as a devotee of Krishna, really, at its most fundamental level, then when I'm saying to, when I'm saying to somebody else, explaining to them who I am. Naturally, that becomes one of the things that I express, no? That I'm a devotee of Krishna. Rather than saying, I'm a guy from London, from Indian background, who cares? Like, I mean, there's a billion of those or something, whatever, right? So like, I mean, the point is that um, we, we run the risk if we don't have um, strong connections and relationships in the devotee community, everybody needs what's called like a social context. And we all create those social contexts based upon all kinds of things. But if we don't have that social context in ISKCON as a devotee of Krishna, we will just, we will find it somewhere else. And then we miss an opportunity. And now just to take this to a kind of a metaphysical level, is that, you see, you know, like, we, we have this gross body, and you know about the subtle body? What's the subtle body? Thank you. What's the subtle body? What's the subtle body? What makes up the subtle body? Mind. Intelligence. What's the false ego? So we'll, we're, going, we're not going to do mind intelligence, we don't have that time right now, but what is the false ego? Sorry? 
So not necessarily the body, but false identity. Yeah. So identifying with something that you are not. Yeah. And what's interesting is the false ego. So the ego, the real ego, is your real identity, and the false ego is your false identity. And what's interesting is that the false ego is the very first covering of the soul when the soul comes to the material world. So it's such a, it's so integrated with, with us, with who we see us. It, it is that thing. Who do we see ourselves as? That's the false ego. So either we see ourselves as a member of ISKCON, part of the community of devotees, an aspiring devotee of Krishna, a spirit, you know, etc., etc., or we see ourselves as all of these other external material things. That's our choice. So, so th 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 these are very, you know, they're very profound things. They're not just about, yeah, get together, have a good time, speak nicely with each other, and, you know, you'll be okay. It's not, it's not a superficial thing when we talk about creating a community or a family of devotees. It's a fundamental thing in terms of our ability to become devotees. We cannot become devotees without becoming um, without these relationships with, uh, with other devotees. It's just not possible. Okay, so some of the themes that uh, we've covered. So this idea, you know, in the, on the first uh, definition. So one idea is that a family means that you accept some, something in common. Now, generally speaking, that means common ancestry, right? Like, we all have the same word, whatever, and therefore we're part of the same family. Father, grandfather, so you go all the way back. What is that common center in Krishna consciousness? What is the common center for ISKCON or ISKCON members such that we can be a family? What is that common center? We all devote to Krishna. We all devote to Krishna. Thank you. So Krishna being the center, the Supreme Personality Godhead, and what else forms part of that center? So our relationship with Prabhupada as the founder, Acharya, Viscon, our connection with him. And this connects devotees. I, we're all trying to reach uh, Prabhupada's books, we're all trying to follow his instructions to worship Krishna. That's what connects us, right? And that common... See, I, like many of us um, probably have large extended families, right, in, in this country. And we probably, many of us, also have those at least from Indian background, you'll be part of like community groups, like this community and that community, right, based on caste or whatever it's based on. Um, but you can see like over time how these things start to dissipate and people lose their connection over generations in terms of how they identify with those things. But that's the most, you know, that's like such a powerful thing about this one is because it's rooted with something eternal, because the philosophy is something eternal, that that connection uh, won't dissipate over time. So um, that's one thing. We talked about service, right, being the, the root of the word um, family, and how service is uh, a defining feature of how we relate to each other, and the six exchanges as kind of exchanges of love, as Srila Prabhupada says. It's a core purpose of Islam in terms of trying to build a family of, uh, a a build a community of devotees. Um, and Shiloh Prabhupada referred to it as a family. And in fact, if you, you know, if you read any of the early accounts of ISKCON, 
um, I mean, even today, many people, like when they come to Christian consciousness, well, for many, especially those from Western backgrounds, because they had to give up their families, because their families were not into them during the Hare Krishna movement. So they had to give up their families, and when they came to Krishna, that became their family. Literally, right? It wasn't like a figurative thing. That was their family. And the same thing happens now with the young, even the Indian community, the younger members of the Indian community, like yourselves, who've been born and brought up here, where the link to your um, extended family, community groups, etc., isn't as strong as what it used to be. And, um, but the issue is, you need to find somewhere where that family, um, where that family really exists. Otherwise, there's a big vacuum. We spoke about identity. Like, who do we identify as? And we spoke about the mafia. So, the, the, the first um, point about family being defined as, <laughs> as, uh, as the mafiosa, um, you know, you know what? You know what makes the mafia the mafia? Like you know, like what some of the characteristics of the mafia organization are. One is that you can never leave. Once you join, you can never leave, right? So um, you know why you can't leave? You know too much, right? That's the common. You know too much. So you can never leave. So it's. It should be like that in Pandasena. It should be like that in Pandasena. Like, you know too much. You know you're not the body. You know that you're the spirit soul. You know Krishna is God. You know that by following the process of Krishna consciousness, you can go back to God and make this your last life. It sounds like very high philosophy. Um, but now you know. So, um, you know, over time, like we started Pandasena in December 1993, way before you guys were born. Um, and since then, we've had so many people come into Krishna It's like so many people come into Pandasena. And um, like hundreds and thousands people who came. Um, on Sundays, they came to camp, like when we were saving the, trying to save the temple campaign, uh, people who came to universities and all, like all kinds of places and whatever. And sometimes I think like, if none of those people had left, if none of them had left, how big would Pandasena be now? Like, I mean, it would be insanely big, right? Like, Rindavan and Krishnavata are sitting in the back row. They used to help run the Pandasena programs in East London, in Janam. What was called Janam at the time. And at its peak, they had about 120 to 150 people coming every Friday. That was in East London. Then you had one here, which was the same size and any activity. But that was what, what years was that? 96, 7, 8, 9, like that kind of. So can you imagine like how now we don't even have any sense? So but the point is that now when I, I, I like like one of my biggest regrets um, from that time is that that we couldn't hold on to people 
as much as we should have. Now, part of it is that everyone's on their own spiritual journey and some people will always leave, right? So that's, that is what it is. But that wasn't everyone. For many, they left because they didn't find their family in Pandasena. That's why they left. Not because of any philosophical um, question we couldn't answer. Not because um, life circumstances. Not because they fell out with something. You know, like whatever that might be. They, they left because these, these features, this kind of identity of who, you know, like who they are, like, and, and their relationships with others wasn't strong enough to keep them. So, like, when um, I was asked to speak on this, one of the things that I really felt to emphasize to all of you is that sometimes the thing that, it's quite easy to get enthusiastic about going out and doing stuff, and doing something new or whatever, and that's, Good, it should be that. The spirit of Pandasena, like kind of this revolution thing. And, and and we should never lose that. But if we're gonna if we're gonna sustainably turn into something really powerful and create the revolution that we want to create, then we have to stop losing people also. It shouldn't be like take you know one step forward and two steps back. And to do that we have to invest in being able to create a family mood in this group, in Pandasena specifically. So that when people come, they stay. And not just stay for like a six months, one year, five years. They stay for their life. And we've seen also that those devotees who did stay, who are still here 25 years after we started Pandasena, 25 years after they came into ISKCON, that those devotees that did stay was because they were able to fit into something that looked like a genuine family. They found relationships, they created relationships that were, you know, their bedrock in life. So that's a challenge. It's not an easy thing. I'm not suggesting it's an easy thing. I know it's a really difficult thing. Um, but it's something that we have to do. And um, so, yeah, I'm grateful to be able to emphasize this here. And um, what I thought is I'd speak for a little bit less time, which I think that's the last point I made. Yeah. So, um, and then we can just open up for like discussion about if there are any practical questions or you know theoretical ones, but about how we might go about this um, or anything anything that comes to mind um, in terms of this topic. And we have something like uh, Hello. 10, 15 minutes, yeah, okay. Sorry, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay, anything, anything comes to mind? Um, so, everybody had a question? Yeah. Okay. So, some didn't. Um, 
basically that when we come into Krishna consciousness, we also have different groups, I'm paraphrasing, sorry, but we have different groups, and we can, and they're superficial groups, and we can start to identify with the group as opposed to something deeper. Is that fair? So, um, yeah, that's true, and we have to be careful of that. Ultimately, you know, our identity is as a, a servant of Krishna, Shri Prabhupada, etc. Um, but we can, and we have to guard against that. I mean, that's that's a matter of training. Like, if we understand the philosophy, then there's less likelihood that we will fall into that type of trap. And even though that's definitely not the ideal, it's probably better. Some people may need that as a stepping stone to get into somewhere higher, because some people may struggle to immediately identify at the spiritual level. But if they can identify with something on the material level that's connected to Krishna, then that can at least set them on the right path. You see, like, and that's true for lots of things, right? Like, you know, even food. Like somebody has something that they really like to eat. So when they come into Krishna consciousness, like, well, you can't eat that. But you can have something, you know, you offer it to Krishna, you make it, and even though you're doing it for yourself because you like it, but at least you offer it to Krishna. And that's at least a stepping stone. It's a step in the right direction. But yeah, we shouldn't get stuck there. And as we mature in Krishna consciousness, we should understand that. Is that okay? Yeah. 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 Um, so, diamonds also have like a spoon. Mm. Nice. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I, I, yeah. So, um, how many of you have siblings? And how many of you have never fought with your sibling? Isn't it? So, that's natural. I used to fight every day. So, it's natural. But, why? how many of you, are, though you fought with that sibling, like didn't speak to that person, after you've had a fight. Anyone? Oh, no. So, you know, like, now why is that? You have a fight. It could be a really, like, intense fight also. Like, not even superficial, but like a really intense, sometimes I've seen it like physical, like, you know, like going at it, fight. So, but why does that not lead to a situation that from tomorrow, when I fight with you, that I'm not going to speak to you? that I'm going to be, you know, like, not going to talk to you when I see you, all that stuff, for, the re for, for years. Why is that? Why is that none of you did that to your siblings, even after fighting with them, so potentially, so intensely? Why? Okay. So one is, you have a strong loving foundation. Why else? You have to. Okay. Why do you have to? Okay, you've got parents, why else do you have to? Okay. See, one is, one is that there's a loving underpinning. You guys got the two points I was trying to bring up. So, one is that there is genuine affection. On top of the affection, there's fights and there's this and that. But underneath that, there is love. Right? And the other is, what choice do you have? <laughs> Right? They say in the same house, you've got 
you know, like that you why you understand that I have this is my family. So like in Iskon, in Pandasena, of course you're gonna have fights. Of course you're gonna get but like if you can fight with your brother, why can't fight why would you not fight with your friend in Pandasena? It makes no sense. If you can fight like with your blood relative who you've grown up, why would you not fight with your friend in Pandasena? So you should expect to fight. There's no problem with fighting. You can see that just from the example of siblings. There's no problem with fighting. It's okay. The problem is when you don't understand that underneath that should be something deeper. We shouldn't be like animals. Underneath that, we should be human beings. And that means that the relationship that you have with friends and devotees is one of un is underpinned by love and kindness and acceptance. And then, also understanding that these, just like uh, Ralph, so that's, uh, sorry, what's your name? Christian. Christian. So that's Christian's point, right? That there's an underpinning of love. And Ralph's point was around, you have no choice. We should understand, we have no choice to go to Krishna without going through the devotees. We have no choice. There is, it doesn't work. The parent, in this case Krishna, is telling us that. Don't think you're coming to me without going to the devotees. It's not happening. So like, if we understand very clearly, we are not going to make spiritual progress without getting on. As difficult as it may be, after a fight, to say sorry, and to move on, and to kind of let bygones be gone, as difficult as that may be, if we don't do that, all of the external kind of, you know, like, show, of being a devotee, it will remain a show. And that doesn't bring any kind of peace or happiness to the heart. That only comes, you know, when you have, when you understand, fine, like there was a problem, we fought, we fell out, we, you know, all of those things. You accept it. You have to be mature about that, just like you would with a sibling. Move on. It's a really good question. I think it's like fundamental. And so there's a third point. And the third point is that, you know, in any um, extended family, and if you gr grow that family out, the bigger it gets, you can't expect that you're going to have the same quality of relationship with every single person in that million person community. It, it, it's impossible. You know, you have friend circles which are like, maximum like 12. Like that's what studies seem to show, is that one person, maximum, not absolute maximum, but generally the maximum is 12 in terms of intimate, close relationships that people have with their friends. So like, you don't have to be everybody's best friend, isn't it? Like, you just have to have a close group of people, but the important thing is that that group is really close, and you can um, do these six loving exchanges that we talked about. You can reveal your mind in confidence. You can hear from, etc. And with others, at least don't, at least keep it friendly. At least accept them for who they are. Be pleasant, be nice, be kind, as you would with your family. And, you know, like, these are, um, I know, I know from personal experience, uh, that this is much easier said than done. 
So I'm not trying to say like it's so easy, why don't you just do it? But the, I, what I'm trying to say is that it's essential. Easy or difficult is one thing, but it is essential. There's no getting around it. And if we understand it, I feel, if we, uh, if we understand it through the frame or the lens of your own nuclear family and siblings and et cetera, et cetera, and how you would forgive them in time, and how you would work towards building that relationship. Because like, in the same uh, like intention we should bring to our relationships in Bambu Singh. so much and um, yeah let's see if we can uh, let's see if we can fix in this generation what we failed to do in 25 years that would be nice Hi, Krishna. Shri Prabhupada, Shri Prabhupada. Shri Prabhupada.